Here's to you, permanent resident of the snack table. For without you, how would we know that a bun is merely a vessel for delivering Eckridge smoked sausage to your mouth and that there's no shame in being the first to get seconds? Mm. Here's to you. Eckridge smoked sausage. You do you. Welcome to another episode of Shortcomings, where we are shooting the shit about every episode of Sex and City in chronological order. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and I am joined by my other host, Chris Lewis. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing lovely. I have a new mic. Hope I, I hear, sound uh, good. Hopefully everyone can hear you. I hope so. I mean, I hope I sound okay. Does she, everyone? Let us know. Let us know in the comments. In the comments down below. That's like what every YouTuber does. Oh, yeah. Comments down below. Comments I don't down really below. watch a lot of YouTube videos. I used to. I used to be a YouTube gal back in the day. I also was really into Dramageddon at the time, like when all that shit was going down. Is that a website? No, it was like all the drama going on with YouTube. Like all the YouTubers were fighting. Oh, yeah. I remember that. The girls were fighting. The girls like the, were um, fighting. The makeup artists. The makeup artists were fighting. Yeah. Yes. So let's get into episode 10 of season one, The Baby Shower. The Baby Shower. Chris, how do you feel? Overwhelmed, angry, or you mean about this episode? About this episode. Oh, not great, even though it's an episode that's so firmly in my head. It's not one that I ever think. Well, it's like iconic in a way that it's like one of the episodes of season one that I can instantly point to. Yeah. And yet rewatching it, I was surprised by how little I found here for myself. I... What'd you think overall? I want nothing but the worst for Lainey. All right, we're going to get into Lainey. Yeah, I want nothing but the worst for her. I also, it, I felt the same as you. Like, it, it's something that I remember specifically, like, it's an episode I remember very specifically about season one, but I also, while watching it, I was like, why? Why, yeah. Why do we remember yeah, this? Yeah, I was like... Okay. And yet it has stuck in our collective memory. Shayla um, lives on. So, yeah, in this episode, the girls head to an old friend's baby shower. Yeah. Which makes them all confront their own futures. And this episode really focuses on the women thinking about their future, but also their own relationship to marriage and children. And mm-hmm. I mean, we can listen to it, but they barely even wrote like a monologue for this one. I mean, they really, it felt kind of lazy so the monologue is the truth is i needed to escape the party had turned into a preview a preview of a life i didn't know if i was ready for thanks carrie that was the closest i could find sam to like some organizing principle around this episode that's interesting and it's also i mean i i feel like they mainly do this season one but we're back to the we're not like the other girls. Yeah. we're. I mean, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about that. Because it's a huge part of the episode. Absolutely. Like, it happens multiple times with multiple different women. Like, it's... I was like, Jesus Christ. We're back to this. So we meet Lainey, who's invited the women to the baby shower in a flashback that is shot that is as shocking as the opening to the second movie in terms of the, how they decided to style the women. You can't really describe her. You just had to know her. Chances are, eight years ago, you probably did. So 
She fucks on my couch, she buys it. Isn't that how you got the couch from me? Hey, lady, show us your tits. Oh, give it a rest. You guys have seen enough of my tits. But I also want to touch on really quick how back then, obviously, there was no social media. So, like, this is how they found out, like, a close acquaintance was pregnant, is that they would just get the invite in the mail. Whereas, like, for me, it's like when I find out my friend's pregnant, I find out on Instagram, and then I'm like, oh, okay, so then a baby shower is coming at some Well, I'd hope your close friend has told you not via Instagram. You mean, like, a casual friend. I don't know. Not that many of my friends have gotten pregnant yet. It's only been one. Okay, but yes, if a close friend, you should not find out they're pregnant on Instagram. That would be reason to start evaluating whether or not you're friends. <laughs> okay. A close friend should pick up the phone and call you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had a friend, and I won't say her name, but she sent me a, like a baby announcement in the mail. And I was like, I called her and was like, bitch, this is rude. And she was like, it's a mailed thing. We didn't mail a lot of them. And I was like, uh, you need to call me. Frankly, we should have yeah. been sitting at a lunch. Yeah, for sure. I mean, how does one go about that? I think you call your close friends or see them and then tell them. I had one friend who gave me like a bottle of wine that said, like, we're having a baby. Famously, I Why put it in the fridge. Why are giving you gifts? Well, it was just like a cute way, but famously, I put it in the fridge to chill it without reading it. And they were like... <laughs> oh my God. And they were probably like... And they were like, no, no, no. Can you check like what kind of wine it is? And I was like, I don't really care. It's not cold. <laughs> You're a demon. So we meet Lainey and she's set up as this kind of old rival of Samantha. Mm-hmm. And I just want to like get into Samantha right as our first of the four women. Right off the top? Okay. We, Lainey is set up and Carrie in voiceover says that Samantha, they're bonded by their insecurity. What do you think of that? I hate it so much. I hate that because Samantha is like really sexual and confident or comes off as confident. And that means that there's the underbelly of insecurity. And I just find that that's just not to be true with Samantha in the later seasons. It's really not, not, not even later. It's, no. Even now. And, no, and it's weird. Like, I don't view her as being insecure. So it's like this weird thing that they keep wanting us to believe about Sam. And it's, and it's exactly right, what, what we talked about at the beginning. I don't think Kim Cattrall is playing her as someone who's masking insecurity with bravado. I don't see that. And yet the writers yeah. are writing it that way. And again, she knows better than them. Always. She's always ahead. But also... At the party, the flashback that they gave us with Lainey, like showing us wild Lainey, right? Mm -hmm. It took me, I rewound it several times because I was like, are they at a costume party? No, I think that was their way of styling them as like the early 90s. I know. And I was like, okay, Miranda's outfit is a choice. She says eight years ago. Right. And so that would make it 1990. And oddly, Charlotte's not there. And you get the sense that Charlotte doesn't really know Lainey that well. And yet also Lainey knows about Shayla, the baby name, which we'll talk about later. What I got from Charlotte not being at that uh, throwback party. Is that maybe she and like, Samantha aren't that close at that point? Because it's no, Samantha's that party. It just like it wasn't her thing. Like, I don't think Charlotte would be seen at a party like that. And yet she is later. It was a little different. But they get to the party and... Oh, actually, before we even get to the party, because that's kind of the center of it, I am so tired of the women wearing all black. It's like a New York thing. Over it. Thank you for talking about it. I'm so glad that the show... So when they're all getting ready to go and they're showing up, 
I mean, uh, Carrie has a purple dress on underneath, but she's wearing this this long black coat. They're all like, their choices are all centered in black. We saw them last episode at the wedding. I think that was the last one we talked about, all in black. And it's very a New York thing. I personally am just not someone who really enjoys the color black, although I am wearing it literally right now. We both are, in fact. I'm wearing navy. That's basically the same. In my opinion, I just don't love a muted color. You do love a color. You do. I'm so glad that the show doesn't keep that aesthetic and branches out into like colors that are so bold. They're hard for the eye to behold. Yeah. (laughs) They're hard uh, to take on. Yeah. And it's this too, like, I'm going to keep repeating myself. It's this idea that they're just different. They're different because and they're cooler because they live in the city and like not no other women live in the city, apparently, because once you move out to the suburbs, you're like not as cool. I do love the visual joke of them all getting in the car and no one sits in the driver's seat. Because no one knows how to drive. And yet I didn't believe that Carrie would. I was like, let's get Miranda up there. Yeah, I wouldn't want Carrie to drive me. I don't think Carrie's kept. I don't see her going to the DMV and making sure her license is prepared. Who said her license is prepared? She just knows how to drive. That's true. They were probably like, whatever. Remember she tried to drive in the later episodes of Sex and the City in San Francisco? When they go to LA? Yeah, they go to San Francisco. And she rents that car. I think that's when they're in LA. That's not when they're in San Francisco. I remember it being real hilly. Uh, I think you might be wrong. Mm, there are also hills so. in LA. But we'll get there one day, thankfully. Yeah, thankfully. Oh, and Charlotte, of course, comes with like the big baby shower gift. Miranda's giving her pastel condoms. I think Samantha got her alcohol. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is just rude and like ill-mannered. Just don't go. Yeah, I'm like, you guys don't seem to like like her. Carrie's like, I didn't bring it. Carrie said she forgot. Literally, uh, you're going to an event where the only reason for the person to invite you is to get presents. Literally. Okay, she genuinely didn't realize that be- what BYOB meant. But even when a party is BYOB, you still need to bring a present. Absolutely. And then Carrie forgot. Miranda's bringing condoms. Rude. Charlotte, a queen, is bringing something appropriate. But I did notice before we get back into like what happens at the party, when they're walking okay. up to the door to the house, Carrie says to Charlotte, oh, don't forget our present. Go get it. Yeah. Bitch, you didn't pay for it. You didn't bring it. And now you're sending me to the car to go get our, and you're calling it ours? Carrie's the worst. Well, she said, she was like, I'm putting my name on that card. Yes, but then when she forgets, when Charlotte forgets it in the car, she sends her back. You go get it. You, And she sends it like, oh, sweetie, go get our present. I. It's a small moment, and it, it, it reminded a me moment, a lot of I like in Gilmore like... Girls when they have Lorelai occasionally shoo people away, where she'll literally put her hands in their faces and go, shoo. It's like, you can't behave this way. You, it, It's supposed to be cute, but in fact, it's like if you behave that way in real life, people, you would be in jail. Yeah, 100%. Lorelai is like much more rude about it. No, Carrie is the rudest pig on the planet Earth. Love her, though. <laughs> the rudest pig. But so in the party, Samantha's really the least bothered by Lainey's antics and then decides in the kind of aftermath of the party to throw her, I'm not having a baby baby shower. But Lainey shows up with some of her old tricks. What do you think of her old tricks? When she, what do you mean? When she tries to take her top off and she can't at the par- at Samantha's, I'm not having a baby. Oh, at Samantha's party. Yeah. This party sucks. Lainey, maybe we should think about getting you home, right? No, I don't want to go back there. Hey, you fuckers, who wants to see my tits? 
I'll take a look. Lainey, Lainey, come on. Come back. Don't just relax. It's going to be fun. All right. Look, now we're going to have a party. All right. Pregnant lady showing her tits. Oh, my God. This is one so sad and the most fabulous validation I've ever gotten in my life. It just made me sad. It made me uncomfortable to, like, watch Lainey try to, like, hold on to this wild side. And it's like, girl, that ship has sailed. You live in Connecticut in a beautiful home. And it doesn't have to sail fully, but, like, currently you're pregnant. So yeah. you can, you know, get the baby out of you, then come back to the party and take your top off. Bring the baby to the party and do it. I don't care. Yeah, just, but right now you can't get the top off. Well, again, it's also just a very different party. Like, it's not like Samantha is, she's older than she was when we went to the first flashback party. Everybody is not oh, yeah. 20. I mean, we're definitely meant to see that eight years has changed and um, she, uh, Lainey, comes in and hasn't gotten that No, memo. she still thinks people are, like, ripping their tops off and everyone's just standing around. It's, like, a very brightly lit dinner, kind of dinner party almost vibe. Like, it was, everyone was disgusted. And I felt so bad. And yet Samantha takes complete validation. And Lainey's demise. She loved it. Although she does go to pour her some water at one point. So when she's like seen her at her worst. Yeah, she was like, here you go. But that's all Samantha's kind of up to in this episode. Charlotte's got, you know, a fair amount going on. We see she's a good person, first and foremost, and brings an actual present and is interested in engaging with the other women at the party. Maybe a little bit too interested that bow on the head while opening gifts. That big blue bow Charlotte wears. Look, shit goes down a baby shower. That's not right. Does it? I'm going to my a baby shower at the end of the month, and I'm like, is this what happens? Like, am I going to be wearing a big bow on my head? Depending on how cutesy your friend is, maybe. Oh, God. But She's it comes cutesy. out that Char- Lainey is considering using the name Shayla if her baby's a girl. Also using the name Todd if it's a boy. Shayla? Did, did you say Shayla? It's so unique, isn't it? It's so my name. I thought your name was Charlotte. No, it's not my name. It's my name. My secret baby name that I made up when I was 11 years old for my daughter when I had her. I told you. Don't tell me you don't remember. No, I'm sorry. I, I really don't. But did you think Shayla even makes sense for Charlotte? Someone who names her kids Lily and Rose? No. I was like, Shayla? Like, Shayla. Now, right before we recorded, I did decide to throw Shayla through the Google, Googler. Okay. And because I was like, also, when they're saying, they play the name like it's the most unique name ever. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I know, like, four Shaylas. Okay. I know zero. So, but it is, it's a Gaelic name, which is Scottish, which at least then uh, plays into Trey later. This idea that she wants (gasps) this Gaelic name and and her first ideal but ultimately useless husband is Scottish. Oh, okay. So there's a little laying ground there, but it's not a great name. It's a strange name for for, for Charlotte York. Yeah, Shayla. In my opinion. It's but, just, it's not a vibe that I see Charlotte going with. Like, it's very, no, 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 no. No. And also strange that um, Lainey wants the Todd or Shayla. I know, she was like, Oh my God, for little Totter Shayla. And I was like, Totter really Shayla are the I really options. liked that actress. <gasps> the friend. With the darker hair who was like, you're not even pregnant. I thought your name was Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, she like called her out. She was like, 
But I will say this is a thing in female friendships and in life. I know several people who I'm very close with who say, um, I'm never telling anyone my baby names until I have the baby. But then I feel like people do that and then the baby's name's like Jonathan. It's like, well, sweetie, there were going to be some other Jonathans. <laughs> no, I know. But it's like they're really weird about it. Like they don't want to tell us their baby names because they think we're going to steal it. I was like, I'm not going to steal your Shayla baby name. It's also, it, but it's also like, right, not many people name their kids anything that's actually inventive or fun. So they're going to have other names. Right. And also, I think the only thing that's weird is if, like, you named your kid after, if your friend, if you're in a friend group and one person has a baby and has named their kid Todd, mm-hmm. then you have a baby and also name it Todd without discussing, like, that would be strange. But right. You should tell people your baby name because it's like, first of all, that's the way to stop that from happening. Yeah, but like girls get really weird about it. And the only thing I'll tell them is, is that they have to have more inventive names because I've heard that conversation happening and the name is like janky as hell. Listen, I don't know what you want people to name their children. Like how creative is like, what's a good creative baby name, Chris? I am just saying that if you are going to be like possessive of a name, it needs to be creative. Okay. You cannot be possessive of the name... But Christopher. I I see that. Who gives a shit? It's like, yeah, sweetie, if you name your baby Christopher, there are going to be 18 million of them in school. Yeah. But if you you need to be really creative. But sometimes you're like, we're not telling anyone the baby's name beforehand. Then the baby comes out and it's named John. I'm it's like, like who, who? They're like, um, it was actually my grandpa's name. It was like, yeah, we fucking know. Yeah, it's everyone's fucking name. John Thomas. Yeah, we know. Yeah, I can't wait to see your... Your, like, fucking kid's dating profile in 20 years. Fucking holding a fish. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. It's going to be a dime a dozen over there. As you can tell, we're very triggered. We're very triggered. Sam and I both started back on the apps. (laughs) Yeah, we uh, are back on the apps. Uh, Things are interesting. Shit's hitting the fan. fan. But Uh, I will say, getting back to Sex and the City, Samantha has that really, really great supportive moment where she instantly comes in as just, like, supportive of... Charlotte. Charlotte. That's not the point. What's going on? She stole my baby name. You bitch. Let's go. Like she, it didn't matter. I don't think who it was that Lainey offended. Samantha was going to defend that person. And she barely even knows what happens. And she just gives such a good, you bitch. Yeah. Let's go. (laughs) We're going. I was like, it reminds me of one of my favorite moments in Grey's Anatomy and how I view all of my friendships, which is, at one point, uh, Christina sees someone, I think it's Owen, and mm-hmm. she just grabs Meredith and says, run. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a good friend if your friend just says, run, and you do it. Oh, okay. Would you do that that's if I ever did friendship. that That's true friendship. Like, I don't, don't do any... And actually, wait, it'll happen on Sex and the City also. Miranda will see Steve and looks at Carrie and says, run, and Carrie's just like, All let's right. go. And then she, like, looks at Steve like, sorry. Yeah, see, Carrie's so not sorry. really a good friend because she did look back. Would Meredith, you... Do that with me. If you asked me to run. Yeah, if I was like, Chris, we got to go. I don't know. I really question a lot of your motives. Yeah. So I'd be like, sweetie, maybe you need to confront this past. Yeah, maybe this is like meant to be. I'd probably push you the other way. Like, no, 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 no. We need to talk this through. No. Well, you're also really messy. And I think you would just like to see me squirm in like a really uncomfortable situation. No, if it, it, I would. I would run for you. Oh, well, that's nice. But then I would later be like, okay, bitch. No, what was really going on? Yeah. Like, why are we running? And then I would say, like, something. I would be like, no, I think it's probably best you talk to him. It seems you were on the wrong side of history there. Never. Never. Then 
I and I find this little beat with Charlotte a little weird. She begins to really spiral, and she she first of all a dream okay. box. No, thank you. <laughs> Do you have a dream box? No. I think we should start. Although you like um, what was that thing you were doing recently? Secreting, manifesting, manifesting. Secreting? Whatever. That's the exact same thing as the secret. Don't Is look it? down. Don't look down on the secret when you're like I'm writing not, down. But it was funny to me hearing you be like secreting. Like yes, I was secreting. Okay. Well, really, you were manifesting. I okay, was manifesting. Great. That's a logical thing to do, and it's absolutely gonna work. No, but it was just funny because the, in the box is like a pillow that has Shayla on it and it looks tacky as hell. It's not even like a cute. It looked like, and it didn't look like her grandma like knit it. It looked like it was from Chuck E. Cheese. No, it literally looks like it's from the Jersey Shore Boardwalk. Like, and she yes. was like on a t-shirt and she was like, I'm going to make it into a pillow. And then there was a picture of JFK Jr. Which again. Again. This. This Sarah Jessica, these Sarah Jessica Parker shots. I was like, woo. And then there was a Ralph, I think it was like a Ralph Lauren catalog guy. Yeah, it was just like a random model. It, it was wasn't like a random someone, blonde guy. At least maybe we, if, if, if listeners, if you knew who he was, please let us know. But I did not, nor did I look it up. I, but I just thought this idea of a dream box was killing me because it was also like an actual wooden box. No. It wasn't like a metaphorical box or like a drawer where all this stuff was. No, it was that's... a genuine wooden box well-made box this is like a thing you do you but you don't have one i don't have one i remember when Yet. i started working at my old job it was kind of like a dream box and like all these older women that i worked with like talked about like how they had these boxes like growing up like that was a thing that you did and i was like that's really oh so insane. maybe it's like an old school thing and and charlotte's very traditional so maybe that yeah. is Maybe it is maybe it is a thing like Charlotte's mom would have done it and she's keeping that tradition alive. Yeah, she's probably like, you gotta throw all your shit in a box. Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, well that's kinda nice. Good to know. Yeah, but the Shayla pillow was real tacky. That was really fucking weird. And also like if you're like do a little bit better than just ripping a card like a model out of a catalog. No, I had signed eight by tens of like Leonardo DiCaprio when I was a kid that I had to send away for. Stop. Not just him, multiple stars. Oh my god. Multiple stars. And those were, and perhaps that was my dream box. Yeah, who were they? Um, I had Leo, I had the Scots from Felicity, and Ryder Strong. Oh my god. You know who that is? Yes. I can't remember from This Boy's This Boy's Life. No, This Boy's Boy Life is Me- the Leo movie. Boy Meets, Boy Meets World. World. Yeah. And he played I think he played Sean. Sean, yeah. With the hair. He's still looking good. <laughs> So, by the way, we've discovered I had a dream box. You most you sent away for your dream box. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. At like nine, I knew how to get some signed eight by tens. What the fuck's Charlotte doing? Just ripping shit out. And you have a type, it seems. Like Le- mm. early well, Leo, Leo was and blonde, but the rest of them were like dark haired. But they all had like. I mean, eventually, hair. my type would just show turn into Harry from this show. Just a nice Jewish boy. <laughs> yeah. Once I got to my senses. It's just all we want. It's all we want in this life. All we need. Truly. But that's all Charlotte's kind of up to. Oh, well, no, I guess she meets Jonathan Bix at... What'd you think of Jonathan Bix? The guy who's flirting with Charlotte at Samantha's party and kind of restores her belief in love. I thought he was cute. And I thought it was cute that... And she puts back together her dream house. Yeah, I thought it was cute that, like, he went up to Carrie and was like, oh, my God, your friend Charlotte's great. Like, I thought that that was sweet. I mean, also, that's, like, the bare minimum. But we all know that that's 
the bar's in the ground. That's where the bar is, a sub-basement. Literally. So, I, just, I don't know. I thought he was a nice boy. Nothing, like, special. Yeah. So, Miranda. Oh, Miranda. And this is kind of, I think, where you wanted to start with. Because for me, Miranda, in this episode, fully is the us versus them mentality. Mm-hmm. She has no other purpose in this episode but to play that, to constantly play that role. Mm-hmm. And it's, to me, it's sick. <laughs> to you, it's sick. I just get the energy that it's like, it's almost like very pick me girl energy. It's very weird. Like, I just don't enjoy her presence in this episode. Like, it's really dark sided. I just didn't enjoy it. I will say that the show gives, the women give as good as they get because the married women at the party are also bitches. Huge bitches. The two women at the door who are kind of like, ugh. But that's what they were doing. Like, that's what they were intending to show is like, look how cool these women are because they still live in the city and they're doing this. And then when you move it to the suburbs, you think that you're this bitch. And it's like, no. I do appreciate that we get a sense of what, like, Miranda's life. I think Miranda's, I know, I'm pretty sure she's from Philly, but I know that she goes to Pennsylvania at least. And my yeah. motherboard myself. And we get the sense that her two sisters are married with kids and that her family's this very traditional family. So that's what she's bucking up against kind of constantly and yet ul- will ultimately succumb to. Mm-hmm. Her sister is played by Hannah's mom for girls, actually. <laughs> one of them, which I love. She does have one of her strange comic monologues about Hansel and Gretel. I just realized maybe it's maturity or the wisdom that comes with age, but... The witch in Hansel and Gretel, she's very misunderstood. I mean, the woman builds her dream house, and these brats come along and start eating it. What did you think of that moment? I, nothing. Like, I, that. I didn't think it was clever or funny no, enough. No, that's like, what I'm Carrie saying. Carrie really gives it a laugh. So what I noticed is, like, Carrie goes to Miranda for a lot of things, and I personally, in my heart, feel that they're the closest of the friends. Do you feel that way ever? I think that, I think that the show, I think that the show and certainly Michael Patrick King and Sarah Jessica Parker believe that. Okay. I wish that the show, but I believe that the show gives us enough great examples of how each of the women operate as necessary to keeping Carrie as a functional person. (laughs) Okay. Not a good person, just functional. I know Miranda was kind of tough in the episode for sure, but I did enjoy their moment a little bit at the drugstore when she was getting well, carried so up. The, so both the Hansel and Gretel moment and the drugstore reminds me, there's the scene in the first movie where they will be in a drugstore when Carrie is looking, when she ultimately sees the Vogue magazine. Mm-hmm. And at one point Miranda says like, I'm a witch, which yeah. reminded me of the Hansel and Gretel thing, but also just them walking in that, grocery store or the bodega or whatever it is reminded me of them later in the Dwayne Reed in the first movie. Yeah. And just because it's very rare you ever see them doing something like that. Very rare. I think we discussed it last week. We've never seen them in a bodega. Well, that was after. No, so no one who's listening knows what you were talking about. Oh, sorry. So after last week's episode, we were talking and they had shut down filming for a scene at a bodega and then we all kind of realized like oh we've never actually seen them in one before no certainly not carrie in an insane outfit that the bodega cat's gonna really enjoy (laughs) i follow that twitter account by the way everyone should follow bodega cats (laughs) so that brings us to carrie and i have an essential problem with her whole storyline 
Okay, what is that? We truly spent all last episode with her dealing with the idea that she wants like to be Family. married and have children. Mm-hmm. It is as if that never happened. And now she is completely ambivalent to the actuality of having a kid. It's as if the episodes weren't written in like in any relationship to each other. No. It is just wild to me that you would have one episode air that is her saying, I want to get married and I want a family. Then the next week, her be presented with the idea of a family, of truly being pregnant and giving birth. And it's like, I have never given this any thought. We watched you. We, we saw it last week. And then we spent 50 minutes talking about it. I saw right. it, Carrie. Yeah. I wonder what that's about. Because like you said, I mean, it almost feels like all, every episode really has no relation to the previous episode before it. Like, it's just, it's on its own. It stands on its own. It's kind of weird. And for a woman who writes about, like, sex and dating, why has she never really thought about marriage and children? It's like, it's like a wholly new concept to her. As if that's not the ultimate, I think not goal of dating, sex and dating, but, like, it is the traditional narrative. And as a writer who's interested in narrative structure and, like, how stories work, you ain't never thought about this girl? But I don't think she's ever thought about it for herself. Like, I think she... But she I did think last it's her week. Way. <laughs> well, okay, she did when confronted with someone looking her dead in the face and being like, do you want to have kids? But then she went to the man who might have knocked her up this episode and said, hey, I want this. I understand. And but yet I all- this week... And by the way, I do like the, I, the fact that the episode she is potentially pregnant and the episode never once is like well well i think they do say are you gonna tell big yeah and she's like no not until i know how to answer this question which is the right way to i think think about that idea but it's like well last week you were trying to trap this man into agreeing to marry girl get at it yeah kidding that is not a good thing yeah we're not trapping we don't we don't trap men imagine wanting a man as we're on dating apps, we're jokes. We're clowns. Truly. Truly clowns. I don't know. I like this episode was just, it felt like so short, but it felt like there were so many like little tiny storylines happening. And I was just like, I kind of wanted to run away. What did you that. think of the fact that she waits to tell um, Charlotte, I'm sorry, Miranda and Samantha about being pregnant until Charlotte's not there? Oh, that's not shocking. That's not shocking to me. No, exactly. But I think like that's so, but it's so sad in a way. It is sad. It's that sad. That she knows because... not, that she doesn't want to tell. I mean, it's certainly predictive of Charlotte's less than enthusiastic response to Miranda's pregnancy later. Yeah, that's tough. But to have this understanding that, oh, I can't speak to my traditional friend about this because the undercurrent of what we're talking about here is abortion. Is well, it? the undercurrent of her saying, I don't know if I want this child. I don't, what do we think? Oh, I don't know. I guess I didn't take it that way. Oh, really? I how could I don't I took it as just like I don't know if I how I feel about if I were to be pregnant. How that would make me feel. I don't think she would have an abortion. But she has already. We know I she know, already has had. But that. I don't think now in her life with Mr. Big that that would be happening. I think she's wrestling with this idea of like could I still be myself, have my career, be with Mr. Big and have his baby. I don't know because I mean when they're in the when they're in going to buy pregnancy tests, her and Miranda. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd be very good at this. I mean, am I maternal? Um 
You know, when I was a little girl, I left my favorite baby doll out in the rain for four days. Her face peeled off. That can't be good. Yeah, but I mean, if you... I shaved my Barbie's head when I was mad at her. I don't know how... I mean, I don't think the show, certainly, I think politically where we were in 90, when they're filming this in 97, when it's out in 98... Yeah. ...is ready to just, like, throw the word abortion out there. Okay. I see but what I don't you're think saying. You, I don't think you can take it off the table that that is kind of underpinning this whole idea, which is why, you know, she ultimately talks about whether or not she even has maternal instincts. I get, I totally get what you're saying now, but like when I'm just casually watching this episode, I guess I'm just thinking to myself, oh, she just like, if she were to get pregnant, she would just like have a hard time having that conversation with Big. Well, she and Big can't get to like what restaurant to have without being miscommunicating, so. Yeah. They couldn't meet in but a But I park. did think it was weird in the story when they're talking about their lack of maternal instincts. And Miranda says she put like a rubber band around a dog's nose. It was like, wait, what? Yeah. She said from Toy Story, just torturing animals and dogs. Like, yeah. Like I was like, Miranda, my That's God. something you take to the grave, baby girl. That's not something you share with the class. No. Because Carrie tried to be like, I don't have maternal instincts. I left my baby doll in the rain. Like, who gives a fuck? It's a baby doll. Or she cut all her Barbie's hair off when it was mad, when she was mad at Who it. hasn't? Well, I don't, I never got mad at my Barbie dolls. I did cut I did. their hair once. Well, Go like, <laughs> when you would have them play little, like, I don't know. I basically play, played, like, Grey's Anatomy or Story with my kid, with my dolls. Yeah, same. They, like, went to work. And if one had been cast in a part that was, like, well, she's got to be a real bitch. Yeah. I would get mad, even though it was like me creating it. <laughs> That's so cute. I did have a Barbie doll that I named Monica because I felt Monica was like a really upscale, like fancy name. And my Barbie doll was really fancy. She had a fancy dress. Ooh. Not that you needed to know, but. I did think that Carrie was um, very maternal with Lainey at the party. And I wonder if you're supposed to see that she can be maternal. Mm-hmm. So she's trying to get her home and Lainey has a bit of dialogue that I think is actually fairly nice. One day you're going to wake up and you're not going to recognize yourself. And is is that the second movie? The whole <laughs> idea of waking up and you don't recognize yourself? I think yeah, Lainey might have written the shit second movie. I think she did. Because that's really what it was about. I mean, she didn't say as clearly as like, one day your husband's going to want to have a TV in the bedroom and you're going to be really mad. She actually is more poetic in that line than the entirety of the second movie. What are your thoughts on having a TV in the bedroom? Um, I could turn my camera and show it to you right now. I've never not so had good. a TV in my bedroom. Okay. I was just curious. because I don't watch really TV like to fall asleep, but when I wake up, I want it on. I want to watch... Sex and the City in bed with my notepad, taking notes for this podcast. You guys, but really I'm be? like truly always in my bed. We should um, do a slideshow one day of all of your notes. <laughs> they can be a bit wild, um, but yes, his, his little scribbles are really something to behold, you guys. But before we say goodbye to Lainey, I want to point. I want to propose one thing. Okay. In my opinion, Lainey should have been the character in Splat who falls out the window. Oh my god. It would have been a great circle back. We would have been able She's to She's a mother. <laughs> well, I never thought about that. <laughs> yeah, like she's Okay, we don't know. Maybe that woman who fell out the window is a mother. That woman is not a mother. That woman <laughs> is not a mother. I just am always trying to build a Sex in the City cinematic universe that is actually consistent. And right. I feel like seeing Lainey five years later 
wild, she's back up to her wild antics again, and then she trips out that window. Not that I don't think Kristen Johnson is amazing okay. in Splat. She's funny as hell. However, I just feel like they built this deck of characters, and then we never see them again. And why build this world in the first season, and even I think in season two, and then it's like we never reference them again, with no. the exception of Susan Sharon, who pops up once. Oh, and Bitsy Von Muffling, who apparently is never, she's like a fucking, she's the fifth lady. <laughs> so tired of her. So tired of Bitsy. <laughs> yeah, no, I I don't. You second. don't second that? Just no. because she's a mom? You want her yeah, to Yeah, yeah. She's a fictional mom. I'm not ruining. Lots of fictional good. moms die. I wouldn't mind just never seeing her again. All right. I, I don't like enjoy her. She's falling out that window. I find her to be really harsh to look at. I love her. Okay. I was obsessed with Lainey. She's wild. She's wild. Also, she had great boobs. When she they great. did the flashing, I was like, okay. So then, and this is really, I thought this was both beautiful and upsetting. Okay. Carrie goes and sits in that park and is watching children and contemplating whether or not she should have kids. If I had to, could I do this? Would I be any good? Would I somehow manage to stay me? <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Um, Carrie, go home. <laughs> go home. <laughs> However, I think a lot of the questions she's asking, could I be the same? Could I do this? Are very essentially true. I think that is a smarter ending to the episode than this episode deserves, given what we've seen leading up to it. However, I don't think you should just go sit in a park and look at children. No, and then get your period. I will then say she got also, her period. It never mentions park. yes. No, absolutely. But I do appreciate that men are never really in this episode. Okay. Like there's a baby shower. <laughs> Not so a that single men, man. Men wouldn't be involved in that, right? Like and so there's never a conflation of wife and mother. Really, her question is whether or not I want to be a mother. Like, yes, there's the brief moment about Big, but even that's not that deep. And so I do appreciate that. And and that's about the most positive thing I could say about this episode. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. And yet it it does stick in my head. So the episode is in some ways iconic. I think mostly for the Samantha's, you bitch. It is. That's it. That's the only thing I remembered from the episode before I rewatched it for this podcast was her talking about Shayla and then Samantha snapping. Also, Lainey has a fucking hat of bows on her head. And she's like, you know, Charlotte, it's you can't just be like the four women living in the city forever. Oh, like a Jacqueline Suzanne novel. Yeah. Much fair. And look, now they're still living in that city. It's just only three of them. No, we don't know what happened to Sam, Samantha. I swear to God, if they give her COVID, I'm taking to the streets. Michael Patrick King is going to the red table immediately. <laughs> Samantha died of COVID. I'm just really, really curious what they'll do with her. I know, I know. I'm dying to know. I'm very excited to to talk about that. Mary. So that's kind of the episode. What did you think of the fashions? Loved, actually. Um, I wrote down, I loved... Uh, Carrie's cowgirl hat at Lainey's party. I thought Carrie looked really hot. She was wearing a cowboy. Oh, at the at, at Samantha's first party. 
Yes. In yes, the yes, past. Yes. I was in like, she wore a cowboy hat to that baby shower. <laughs> no, but I also love that you had to question it. Like, you wouldn't remember if she did. I was genuinely like, what? You're like, where the fuck was I? I thought she looked so beautiful in her final outfit as she's walking in away. In the park. Oh, However, stunning. her nipples. <laughs> did you notice them? Her nipples are, they're like heavily Jennifer Aniston nipples. But to be in that we look, that was the 90s. However, to be watching children at a park with nipples, it's such a tension. <laughs> such a tension. It's, it's tough. It's tough. It is tough. It's because when I know I'm not wearing a bra, which I rarely ever wear a bra. But she like, is wearing a bra because we know Sarah Jessica Parker's never once taken her bra off. So. I, but her nipples are nips, always. Must have been cold as hell that day. It was windy. It was a windy, windy day. What did you think hilarious. of um, some of the men? We had Jonathan Bix. We had Samantha's accountant, Ed. Which, by the way, oh, I guess we didn't talk about that. Miranda's just, like, making out with this guy at the party. And her. I will say that that behavior at that party is as shocking as, as what um, Lainey does. They're yeah. truly humping each other at a party, which you mentioned the lights are on. The lights are fully and on. I, there was a man sitting, like, truly catty-cornered to them. I loved it. Miranda was kind of unhinged this episode. Loved it. Loved every second. So there was Jonathan Bix, the accountant Ed, and Fred, who was the man who sat there and said, sure, take your breast out, Lainey. <laughs> and so I'm picking Fred. I just want to say right off the top. I'm picking I thought Fred he had as a great well. Presence. I, and you know, he was down. He, he was, was like, DTF. Yeah, he was like, absolutely. Get it, girl. And I've already given my hot take, which is that Lainey should have come back and splat. That was quite a take. No disrespect to my third rock from the Sun Queen, Kristen Johnson. I don't have a hot take. No? This episode. No. I mean, it was just kind of, it. the episode kind of fell flat for me. I didn't enjoy it. I feel like this episode, for this episode for me is much like the past episode for you where you rated it like a one. Yeah, I'm giving this one a one also. I'm giving this a one. However, I'm giving Fred and Samantha tens across the board. <laughs> Great performances. Stunning. Beautiful mm-hmm. gowns. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful gowns. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll join us again next week for our recap of Season 1, Episode 11, The Drought. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Shortcomings wherever you listen to podcasts, and check out the other podcasts from The Dip. TV Watch Repeat, Pop Chaser, Slut Pick Podcast, But Now We Said It, and of course, Hot Off The Mess, hosted by Sam. And you can follow us online. I'm at clewis1219 only on Instagram. Sam, where are you? I am obviously at Bravo Historian on Instagram. Take your Zoloft on Twitter. Also, make sure to follow at The Dip. Also, they're doing some fun memes over there. And if you're into The Bachelor, it seems that's their beat right now. I mean, it's chaos in Bachelor in Paradise right now. Chaos. I don't know what. I'm not a member of Bachelor Nation, but maybe I will be by the end of this podcast when it's over in 2029. (laughs) We will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Big tobacco cigarette butts filter practically nothing and are made of microplastics that are toxic and cunning. More than 15,000 fibers lurk in every cigarette butt you see. 
Could they harm your families? Quite possibly. They could end up inside of you, your bodies, their prey. New studies even indicate possible links to mutations in DNA. An evil lie with the future's worth of harm. To the world, now you know. So sound the alarm. Learn more at undo.org. Here's to you, permanent resident of the snack table. For without you, how would we know that a bun is merely a vessel for delivering Eckridge smoked sausage to your mouth? And that there's no shame in being the first to get seconds. Mm. Here's to you. Eckridge smoked sausage. You do you.